This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Today on the podcast, I speak with Peter Hubbard, the teaching pastor of North Hills Church in Greenville, South Carolina, about asking good questions. We discuss why asking good questions really matters. We address five question killers that anyone can use to evaluate how effective they are in this area. And we talk about how to be strategic in asking good questions. The bottom line, I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. If you've been following along or you're new to the Culture Bus Tools podcast, I want to welcome you to the show. I do my best to release a new episode on the first of every month so you can expect it. And the purpose in making these episodes has been to learn but also to offer a vehicle to others that can help them increase their capacity to be more effective with people. These episodes, they're published on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and even Google Play. And I've heard from many of you that they're encouraging and helpful. And so I want to thank you for your feedback and also ask you to consider sharing these with your friends, your coworkers. And if you haven't rated or reviewed the show, please consider doing that today. Okay, let's listen in as Peter challenges us in the area of asking good questions. Peter, how you doing? Doing great. Good, Peter Hubbard. Um, we met last year. Peter, tell us where you are. Where are you in the world today? Uh, Taylor's, South Carolina. I am the teaching pastor at North Hills Church. Yeah. Peter, we met um, last year. I heard you did a talk for about 800 leaders, I think. We met in Asheville at the Grove Park Inn, and you had a session during one of our leadership talks on asking good questions. And it has been by far one of the most um, encouraging talks that I keep referencing in this last year. So I wanted to see if maybe you could just tell us, maybe before we jump in, that's the goal of today is to talk about what does it look like to ask good questions, um, to lead in the queue. And what I mean by that is just to hold the queue. How do you do that? How do you hold the question? Um, as a leader. And, but before we kind of jump into that and share some things and hear from you, I'd just love to know a little bit about your journey to North Hills Church. Um, you're the teaching pastor there. Tell me a little bit about that. We'd love to hear. Uh, I had the privilege of being here from the beginning, pretty much. Uh, we yeah. celebrate 28 years this Sunday, and it has been a joy and a <laughs> I say it's a benefit because the train is moving pretty fast now, but I got on when it was barely moving. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, I had the privilege of growing with the church and learning a lot. The question asking came primarily through my own failure. Um, I am, a, you know, I love to debate, and therefore I began to notice in my marriage how I would end up just crushing my wife with. Mm-hmm. What I viewed as good arguments, totally unhelpful. Noticed it also in elder meetings, you know, would, you know, get in the flow of the discussion. Uh, I'm not a yeller, but just love the discussion and debate. And before long, I'm not listening. I'm just talking. And so God has crushed me both in my marriage and ministry, um, counseling, just really calling me to learn how to listen and ask good questions. And so that I'm still (laughs) long way from where I need to be. Well, I got a lot of work with you. So as you, were you a member of the church before you were on staff? You've been there a while. No, it was was actually a group of families that were meeting together in a home. Okay. And then um, began to meet in a foot doctors on East North street and just said, would you 
speak for a while. I was running a business, doing some more grad work and started speaking. Wasn't really candidating or anything. We, we weren't even a church. But then uh, God made it clear. He was calling us together and uh, everything took off from there. So when did you identify in your own work that you needed to be a better, you need to be skilled at asking good questions? Primarily, um, it, it became most obvious when my wife looked at me and said, I hate you. I wish I never married you. Oh, gosh. And I, I think I may have shared some of that in the talk you referenced, but um, it, it was bad. And even when I would say to her, um, please tell me, how you really feel. And she would look at me and say, no, you're just going to debate. You're going to just crush whatever I say. Um, and then I would, pr- I remember the day I promised her, if you will share, I won't say anything. And she looked at me and said, you can't do that. <laughs> There's no way. So that was the challenge, you know, to actually listen. But then over the years, learning practically and then doing more work in counseling and actually trying to informally and formally learn, learn to be a listener. Yeah. You said in that talk that something that just really resonated with me, but you said that we will have no fruitfulness in our ministries if we aren't gifted, skilled, and diligent at being good listeners. Can you just unpack that briefly? Yeah, it affects everything we do um, because you can you can know the word you can have tons of scripture scripture memorized but it's like a great archer who has lots of you know arrows and great skill and hitting the target but if you don't listen you don't know what target to hit you don't you don't know what the if you don't know what the problem is how do you know what truth to apply to a specific problem so um as someone, I tend to be impatient and I want to jump and try to solve. And so I, I've seen so many times where I, you know, provided a beautiful solution to the, to the wrong problem. Yeah. Wow. And so for a leader uh, to say, no, I'm, a, I'm gifted in prophetic utterance or I know the word and I can teach, preach, uh, asking good questions even is significant. I'm a, I'm the teaching pastor, so I do a lot of teaching and preaching, but even in preparing sermons, learning how to ask good questions is hugely formative in, in speaking the word in a way that hits the target. Yeah, I think this benefits every person, no matter who's listening, whether you're a father, whether you're uh, employee. I mean, you have to learn how to do this. And I think you articulated this really well during your teaching. You, you gave us kind of five question killers. And, and I wanted to see if you could just briefly maybe share and touch on each of those um, and how those have impacted you to be a better listener. Yeah, I tried to summarize five and they really grow out of my own experience. Um, five, you could put them in five F's, uh, finishing, which is not listening long enough for someone to really say what they're saying. Because most people, when they first begin talking, they're they're still trying to figure out what exactly they want to say. And if we jump to conclusions, finish their statement, or 
um, jump in with this, you know, uh, uh, what we think of as a brilliant insight before we've really listened. You know, Proverbs warns us against answering before we've listening. Uh, we've really listened. So finishing is one. Firing, which is when we fire multiple questions too rapidly and someone feels like they're being interrogated, that, that is not loving someone well. Um, the third one is fixing, which I think any husband knows this one, where we try to listen just long enough to fix the problem, uh, but we pounce in a way that leaves the person talking, feeling like they haven't really been heard. Uh, they've just been like a diving board to give you a chance to launch into your brilliant solution. Uh, the fourth one is faking. And that is, we all know what it's like when we're listening without listening yes. uh, on the phone or daydreaming. And then the final one, which is, this one's been huge in our whole church uh, and has, has created a culture, even with hand gestures, where people know um, when they're funneling. Funneling is the fifth one, where we channel conversations back to ourselves. So someone begins talking about something, and I, I'm really good at this. I can, I, I can find a way to make it about me, sure. even though you're talking about something on your heart. So those would be just five uh, common ways in which we fail to listen well. That's right. So just to, just to repeat those back, finishing is the first one. That's failing to listen long enough for someone to speak, which I um, need work on that. Um, you had mentioned in your talk, Proverbs eighteen thirteen, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Um, yeah. it's, it's harder for me. Like I, I identify more with that once I hear the Bible, it's kind of, I don't know. That's just me. I'm like, Oh man, that hurts. Um, and so true. Um, and then firing number two, multiplying questions too rapidly, fixing, which is launching too quickly with responses. I identify with this. Um, people often process their thoughts by speaking them, which I, which you had mentioned in your talk, which I work with a lot of people like that. So sometimes people just need to say what they need to say. And I have found, um, it's, it's helpful sometimes to count in my mind. I don't know if you've ever done this, but people will start talking and I will just, the minute they stop, I'll just start to quietly in my mind count to 10 um, without saying it out loud, of course, which is completely awkward. Like I just, totally. a seconds. but it helps me make sure that they've, that I'm not like fixing that helps with funneling, I think too, but faking listening without listening. And then the funneling part, Oh my gosh, this is the, this is the tough one for me. Um, you had, you had mentioned in your talk, a, a YouTube video called I walk on, I walked on the moon, which is a Brian Regan YouTube clip. That might be one of the most hilarious YouTube clips I've ever seen. And it is so true. Um, it is so true. And I do this often. I do funnel things back to myself. I make it about me. And I think part of leading is about walking in humility and thinking less of yourself and thinking more about others. And so I want to be that guy. I don't want to make things about me. It's funny. I, I woke up this morning, got in the car with my oldest to go work out. And immediately, like the conversation was about me. And like, who cares? Like my, my 15 year old son's probably just like, who cares? Um, but I, I do struggle with that too. Um, 
So how, how did these come? I mean, you came up with these so articulately. I mean, has there been, you did this last year, has there been another one that's maybe come up since or is there, um, is there anything else that you would share about these that have really helped you in asking good questions? Yeah, there, there could be obviously more or less because that those aren't a, a set amount. But what I find is I graze in and out of those and at different times of my life, my life or different experiences. Uh, I noticed the other day I was in a pretty intense counseling situation and um, some, you know, someone shared something that made some sense to me. And I begin to feel this almost irresistible pull to, to launch into what I feel is my solution. And after you've been ministering for, I've been counseling now for, you know, over three decades, you, you begin to think you kind of know what they're saying when they start sharing and you know what the solution is. And that, that would be the worst mistake to make um, because every situation is different. And I know my first impulse is generally wrong uh, because it's usually attacking a presenting problem rather than the actual one. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit, typically with me, I don't count to 10. Usually the Spirit is saying, shut up, Hubbard. <laughs> Very quietly, shut up, Hubbard, shut up, Hubbard. And I'm fighting that because I want to I wanna jump in with either, you know, a solution or even even certain kinds of questions that will lead them to where I want them to go, which there's a place for that at times. But I know my own in, when, I'm, when I'm in the flesh and not dependent on the spirit, mm. uh, I need to wait yeah. and, and slow down. And so whether we count, which I love that, or uh, talk to God about what we're hearing or just wait for a pause, I, that I noticed the other day that was it was it was physically hard to stop. And so I realized there are times where I feel like I haven't learned anything. So true. Well, I mean, why do you think this is so important for us? I mean, as leaders, as, I mean, I'm thinking of community group leaders, um, you're leading a group of men through a study. I mean, like, why do you think this is just so important for us to wrap our mind around and actually apply? Oh, there's so many reasons. Cause if you think of it from God's perspective, God is such a good listener. So if we claim to represent him, he, I mean, he just, he invites us to come to him at any time to cry out to him. He promises to listen. Uh, the gospel is power through weakness and, and listening is one of the ways in which we slow ourselves down and stop pretending to have all the power and come in, in weakness. And God does show his power through that. Yeah. So I, I do believe from a huge gospel perspective, listening is vital. But I think if we move in close, I, I often think of the people I love to be around yeah. and they are generally good listeners. Mm. So I believe we, we not only misrepresent God, we misrepresent the gospel, but we also uh, fail to be uh, e- even the kind of people that our Christian and non-Christian friends are wa- wanting to be around. Uh, I think of, I was just with my mother-in-law recently and she just asked great questions and she delights to listen. And it, and it makes you want to be around her. 
Yeah. So I, 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 I think from even a, a, you know, as a husband, if we wonder why doesn't our wife enjoy being around us or a coworker or a, a ministry leader, I believe this issue is so important to help move us toward even being good friends, kind people. Yeah, I think it is one of the core competencies or one of many or a few core competencies that need to be sharpened daily. And I mean, just beginning the day of, you know, I, I mean, I've started doing this thing now where I try to wake up and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do, but if you'll tell me, I'll listen. Just Give me yes. clarity today. Um, you know, help me know what to do because I'm in some different things that I'm working on now. I've got some different projects that I just feel, um, I just feel overwhelmed and I want to be a good listener. I want to hear what God wants to say to me because I'm just desperate. Um, I don't know if that's where, 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 if that's where that comes. You mentioned, I don't know how you said it, but you said you talked about growth. You talked about the gospel. You said something about God. You said, what did you say? I'm reverting back to what you just said about it damages our relationship with God, the gospel. Is that what you were saying? Repeat that last. Yeah. It misrepresents God because right. he is, he is the quintessential listener. It warps the gospel. You know, mm-hmm. if, if Christ came in weakness and we think we need to engage all our relationships in kind of a power, even as a leader. You know, we have to have all the answers. We have to come in with a bang. Uh, and asking questions, frankly, feels weak because you're admitting you don't know everything. That's right. That's and, right. and you don't, in a sense, you're saying, I, I'm not here as Mr. Know-it-all. I'm here as a learner, as a listener. Yeah, that's um, good. But that's really good. yeah, and even last night I, I heard a message in our preaching forum. It was actually my son, one of my sons who preached it from Proverbs eight thirty four. Blessed is the one who listens to me. Blessed is the one who listens to me. Like there is a blessing that comes in maintaining a posture of listening. Obviously he's talking primarily there about wis- to wisdom. Yeah. To, to God, but, but even there's a blessing in just being characterized as a listener. Love it. Love it. Well, maybe we could land the plane a little bit. If you could give us some practical strategies for growth uh, and then we can land the plane. But what do you feel would be some of the strategies that we could put our mind to, to be better listeners and, and just lead in this area? couple ideas that have um, I'm still working on is is what you mentioned slow down like yeah. James says quick to hear um, slow to speak so whatever strategy we we have to to, to take uh, whether we count or often if I'm driving home after a busy day and everything's swirling around in my head uh, I'm I'm giving it over to God and I'm asking for help so that when I walk in the door, my first tendency is not dump on my wife, yeah. but Lord, help me to ask her good questions about her day. And when she starts talking, not to use that as a way to launch into what I'm concerned about, which is often the, the whole funneling thing. Yeah. yeah, you think your day was bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and people feel very used when we do that because... Yeah. 
they, they feel like you did ask them a question, but it was merely a setup for you to say what you wanted to say. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to uh, slow down and whatever we have to do to prepare ourselves going into a meeting, like before elder meetings, I, I have to really pray that I will be ready to listen. Mm. Even if I feel like I have something that needs to be said to slow down long enough good so that i'm sure i've heard mm-hmm. alternative views listened well mm. so, so slow down that's one that's good uh the other another one we talked about back then is uh asking open-ended questions and that that is a skill that is really important for a small group leader for a counselor mm-hmm. for a leader of you know, teams, whether in business or in ministry, uh, open questions foster, you know, discovery, interaction. They discover, they, they uh, foster ownership. Jesus was a master of those kinds of questions. Even though he knew everything, yeah. he still asked questions. So yeah. I, think, I, th- I think this is incredibly big. difficult as a dad. I'm going to be honest. As a, yeah. like, I struggle with this with my boys. They're young. I got a 15, I got a 13. And so talk, the difference between open questions or direct questions and closed questions, like asking a question that I know that they won't be able to say yes or no to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked a little bit about that. Like, um, you know, did you, did you spend time together? Did you have a good day at school? And if so, you know, what made it so good? You know, like I got to rearrange my question in that to just say, how was your day? Fine. You know, um, that has been really challenging. I got a lot out of that when you, when you shared. Yeah. And some, like you probably have both. I I have kids who I could ask any question. They're going to share a lot. And then others where you have to think through your questions to get them so they feel comfortable to open up. Sure. That's right. So you said slow down, ask open-ended questions. And then the last one, what's another strategy? Uh, Go for the heart. And that's so big because even in a work work environment or a a ministry environment, it's super easy to be so superficial to where, Hey, did you, you know, did, did you have a good day? You know, are, are you enjoying the fall weather? Um, you know, did your ball team win? All those are great. You know, I'm not saying there's not a place for those, but if our relationships are characterized by just talking about superficial things, we're, we're missing something. So uh, we, we talked about the action is in the heart. And so go for the heart. And that doesn't mean we're going to dissect every person we talk to. That would drive people crazy. But when you have a relationship with someone, being able to ask, you know, well, how, how did you feel about that? Or, you know, in what way can I pray for you about that? Just moving beyond the superficial. It's amazing how what, what we could call divine appointments. I, 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 I often minimize that, and God has really convicted me of that. That's good. Yeah, and I would, I would say that if this is something that – um, going for the heart is something that you need to wrap your mind a little bit more around. Um, I did a episode, uh, another podcast, an episode back number seven 
which I just kind of did an overview of the heat, thorns, cross, fruit framework. So that was um, a study guide by Paul Tripp, um, how people change study guide, uh, and just kind of talked a little bit about that, which I thought that was really helpful for me in going for the heart and understanding, you know, that Jeremiah passage and just what it, the, the whole idea of thinking that way, that was really helpful. Um, and if I could add one more piece to that, because yeah. – like going for the heart of the other person is vital, but also being aware of your own yeah. heart. Cause I, th- I think what keeps us and we didn't go into this in that talk, but what keeps us often from asking good questioning questions and listening well is we, we kick into fight or flight and studies are showing now that when somebody offers us feedback, even before we've heard it, or comes to us to talk about something, we all automatically go into fight or flight mm. and, and heart, heart rates go up, you know, minds race. And so part of the slowing down waiting is being aware of what's happening in your own heart mm. and giving you time, uh, yourself time to bring uh, your racing mind and beating heart slow down, give whatever fear or insecurity or uncertainty to God and listen because God's up to good things. And when you can do that, whether somebody's coming with a concern or whether you have an opportunity to speak a word, it, it, it changes the way you think about listening and giving or receiving feedback mm. and being tuned into your own heart enough to know I tend toward fight or I tend toward flight or like what is happening in my heart in that context. All of that uh, is a, is a huge foundational piece to good listening and asking questions. That's so good. Why do you think that's happening in this culture of today? Uh, I think it's, I think it's just naturally how we we're wired. Um, And some of it's good. Some of it's bad. If I throw something at you, you don't have to think about whether you're going to put your hand up. You're going to, it's reflexive. Mm. So I think that the response is reflexive. What we do with that response is, is, is either redemptive or destructive. Mm. Whether we, whether we bring the, you know, (laughs) the emotional hand down And we're open to what God is doing in that moment, whether it's our kid throws out something that scares us and we just want to crush it and correct it rather than saying, okay, what is God doing here? Uh, Let's listen. Let's ask questions. And usually if we'll slow down long enough to, to see the hand of God, we'll, we'll, we will see that there's something bigger going on here than just whatever we feared or think we understand. Well, I want to thank you for joining us and just sharing some wisdom here. I know that it would benefit many churches and many organizations um, and groups if they just had time with you. And so I just wanted to pitch an idea. Um, You know, we, in the show notes, you'll be able to download the question killer continuum, which is basically an assessment. It's a diagnostic that I just kind of put together with a group of leaders to help us identify the teach, like where we were. So we, we kind of did a little bit of an overview. We did a, we just got our leaders together 
um, for about uh, 75 minutes. And we did a little bit of an overview of what you talked about. And then we broke our guys out into groups all by themselves and had them do this question killer continuum. And then they came back, they shared some of their big insights, what they feel like, where they felt like they were, they least identified with one of those, um, you know, four question kill five question killers or whether they most identified. And that was really rewarding. I mean, I just feel like this language was really helpful, Peter, for our leaders. Um, and then we gave them some situations to think through. Um, and we also gave them the x-ray questions by Peter Paulison. Is that how you say his last name? D- David Paulson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just how helpful that was. And so I think if you either did something like that with some of your leaders or even just I don't know how people would get, how would people get in touch with you, Peter? Uh, my email, Peter H at northhillschurch.com. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say I, I, I have just really grown from learning this. And so I'm, I'm glad you fought with your wife <laughs> mm. um, so that you could go through this. But I mean, it's been really helpful for me in my dialogue because I really do want to I want to, I want to help people. And I find most of the times if I can learn how to ask good questions, it helps me get closer to that. So I want to thank you for spending some time with us today and just thank you for putting this stuff together. And I just really appreciate you. It's been a joy. I really enjoyed speaking with Peter on the topic of asking good questions. I really appreciate his leadership. And one thing that he mentioned on the show that I think that we should take to heart is that we will have no fruitfulness in our ministries if we aren't gifted, skilled, and diligent at being good listeners. As I mentioned in the show, I would encourage you to invite your team to evaluate themselves around the five question killers and see where you can improve together. You could do that in a staff meeting or even at the dinner table. What if you shared this episode with them, asked them to listen to it, and then you guys met together to work through the question killer continuum together? Who knows what you might learn about yourself and your team? Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or ideas I should mention on the show, please visit my website at culturebus.cc and let's connect. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools Podcast.